Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk, where I dive into the fascinating world of science fiction, horror, comics, and fantasy. I'm your host, Tony Tolato, as I talk to industry professionals, creators, and experts to explore the latest developments, behind-the-scenes stories, and the magic of speculative fiction. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing renowned animatronics expert, Lee Romanaire, as we dive into the intricacies of bringing animatronic characters to life on the big screen. Stay tuned as we unravel the secrets and marvel at the artistry of animatronics in the world of science fiction and also theme parks. Five Nights at Freddy's, kind of give me a general score, with 100 being the best, as to how they did with the animatronics in that movie. And then we'll oh. break it down from there. Sure. Uh, I Well, I'm, uh, you know, Jim Henson... Uh, uh, creature shop did the animatronics uh for that movie and you know i part of the beginning of my career was working at jim henson's and i loved it it was one of my favorite places to work um i uh patterned my own studio off of how uh the the vibe was in that shop it was just a really great place so um i think that i you know i certainly think they did a great job i mean they're you know, the world famous for that stuff. Um, so I would say uh, A+. Plus. <laughs> All right, good to hear. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. What scenes do you think were really kind of authentic and ones that were a little unrealistic? Oh, well, I mean, you know, the, I think they were all realistic in the fact that, um, you know, you're building a an animatronic character. So you're building basically a Chuck E. Cheese character. Um, and they, you know, the hard part is trying to get, get. I believe in some of the shots, they're actors in costumes. You know, that's a, that's a hard thing to pull, uh, pull off. Um, you know, you can do it today with computer graphics. You can green screen out all the joints and things like that. I'm not sure how much they did with that. Um, you know, because you have, when you have an actor in a costume, there's a, a joint where you can actually see the person and, you know, with these animatronics and these Freddy characters, they have, uh, metal, uh, pieces. So, um, you know, I think they did a good job. I was, I was fooled, uh, for sure. Uh, on oh, a lot of shots. That's good so, to hear that. Yeah. Now, the, the thing about animatronics is obviously there's some fighting going on against them mm-hmm. and, uh, and some of them get pretty badly damaged. So how, how much can they actually take as far as a pounding before they don't work anymore? So, okay. So if you're talking about real animatronics, um, yes. <laughs> okay. So in a, let's say a, a theme park, uh, you know, um, let's use an example, Disneyland, they are Disney world. They have the hall of presidents. They have pirates of the Caribbean. They have, um, country bears, all, all of which I worked on, um, you know, with the studio, and they are, um, a lot of them are very old. Some of those country bears are four years old. They're hydraulic. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, actually 71, 30, the close to 50, right? So, um, they require daily maintenance. Um, they're hydraulic, uh, which means they have, you know, all these fluids going through them to move their, their joints. Um, and that can get quite, uh, messy um, as time goes on because you you get leaks you get um, uh, you get uh, you know all of a sudden you know during the middle of a show a, a, a leak will happen and all of a sudden the bear gets flooded with fluid and you know it, it's uh, it's a mess um, so they have to be you know regularly maintained 
Um, you know, things like there are things like the tiki birds, they use uh, pneumatics. Uh, so that's basically air. Um, and it's, 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 it's more reliable, I would say, but, uh, for sure. So those guys can go on and on, but you can't really get, um, you can't really get those beautiful uh, combination moves, you know, like you see an arm move um, sort of like you can get with, with hydraulics or electro electric electronics. I mean, um, a pneumatic is basically on off on off um, type type of movement. So they are more reliable, but they're not they're How can I say um, they're not optimal animatronic uh, configurations and, and, and movements. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you see these, uh, you know, we work with a lot of um, the Boston Dynamics spot uh, robots. You've seen those. Yes. Uh, they're kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Because, uh, you can try to kick them over and they'll get back up. And um, it, But it's still a long way away till you know, people are terrified of these things, like actually coming out and, you know, coming after you. But it's, um, I think they're a long ways away before we have to worry about something like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, if, if I were to have a scene with an animatronic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cr creation, mm -hmm. and I was like hitting it, would it be able to withstand something like that? Or would something uh, not work as a result of that? Yeah. Well, so it's all, you know, movie, the movie business is all fake. It's show business. Of course. So they will have a special... <laughs> Um, you know, they would have a special head, like, let's say you're fighting and you hit something with a head, uh, hard with a head, they would have a dummy head that they would hit. They wouldn't uh, actually use the mechanical yeah. figure. Um, cause they, cause like, again, people are trying to keep those working, uh, and, and have them as useful as possible during the whole time because you can't have downtime. So they would have a, a fake head that somebody would hit and it would, you know, cutting the scene would make it look like they were smashing the animatronic when in, in reality they weren't. Ah, okay. Well, that's, that, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the question is with CGI, um, is how do you kind of marry the two together? Does it, does it, the CGI enhance what's there or maybe replace some of the flaws that's there? Well, I think, I, you know, I think uh, when CGI first came out, uh, everybody thought that that was the end of the, the um, practical effects. Uh, and there was a time when it did take a lot of work away from people, um, for sure. Uh, people, you know, people really hurt. But uh, it's sort of balanced out where the visual effects uh, realized that they could do better work and they could you know they have budgets that are tight too so you know they started splitting up the shots and figuring out how to do it you know you have some some uh directors who really love the practical effects much more than the visual effects and then you have the opposite uh so it's kind of the, the taste of the director but um i think the two groups like work together well now because they understand like if we have a base to work with um, if there's something to actually touch, if there's something that actor can, uh, really work with, and then we fill in the gaps, um, or we, you know, do the hard shots where it's running or jumping, um, you know, it, it, it all works, you know, now. Mm -hmm. So everybody is at the mercy of this, you know, the studio and the budgets. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's really great that they can work as a team. And I think there's a lot of practical stuff out there right now that you don't even know about. Like a lot of the Star Wars uh, films, a lot of practical effects. 
uh, in them. Um, and, you know, mixed with CG characters as well. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's really nice. I mean, there's a, a really cool looking werewolf puppet on your, uh, on your website. Oh, but yeah. If, for example, if it's not just the puppeteer inside, but also somebody working other parts of the wolf. Yeah. Like maybe his eyes, maybe do some movements like snarl his, you know, yeah. his, you know, a little bit. Uh, yeah. So is that, would you consider that partly animatronic at least? Sure. That's a, that's uh, an animatronic puppet. Like, um, you know, you have different varying degrees of puppets, um, you know, all the way from a Muppet, like on Sesame street, all the way to a very sophisticated puppet, um, that somebody has that, like you said, you have two or three operators uh, on the outside working it or a suit like, you know, the, the, the Freddy's characters are actors in suits that have animatronic heads. So that's, that's another thing that, you know, you do a lot when a lot of the gorillas that you see in the movies, um, you know, are, are, are um, actors with animatronic heads. Yeah, I think Rick Baker pioneered that in the re yeah, I, King Kong remake. I mean, that was incredible. And uh, he was actually Kong. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, which, which is really cool. Um, you know, as probably one of my favorite movies from an animatronic standpoint, and I would guess these are animatronics, was probably Rob Bottin's The Thing, where oh, he yeah. did all the special effects in that. Yeah. So, so can you kind of... You know, we're not want to give away his secrets, but it seemed like obviously the the head creature that turned into a sort of spider that had to be able to walk across the floor, for example. So yeah. I guess is that controlled by somebody or is it just on uh, battery power, yeah. that kind of thing? That was the kind of golden age of practical effects. Um, it was coming out, and he was like one of the best, obviously. Um, there's so many tricks that people use, and there, you know, it can be as simple as uh, pulling, um, you know, pulling something across the floor with a string, um, you know, and having a, a nice mechanism that has the legs move. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff that you see in that movie are reverse shots. Like they, you know, you see the crab legs coming out of his, his uh, yeah. head and that's, you know, the crab legs are actually being pulled into his head and, and it's reversed. So it's a lot easier you know, to do, I mean, you know, those guys were geniuses at, you know, looking at each shot and figuring out how to do it. And I was lucky, you know, when I first started in Hollywood to work with a lot of those guys like Steve Johnson and Kevin Yeager, who were oh, at yeah. the beginning of all of that um, uh, amazing stuff. Steve, Steve was an amazing, you know, I'm still is an amazing uh, artist and, and, you know, designer in that, that uh, field. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I came along a lot later than that. So it's, I came along actually when, um, you know, practical effect, like CG was already here. Practical yeah. effects were people were sweating. Um, and, you know, I worked in the shops and saw it, you know, I saw these beautiful, um, I, I can't, I don't want to say who or what shop or whatever, but it was for, um, it was for one of the early superhero movies and they built all this beautiful, um, you know, puppet arms and, and, um, you know, liquid filled, uh, you know, blinking lights kind of uh, suits. And, you know, the producers would come in and look at it and they were just, they weren't impressed at all. You know, they were like, let's, let's go with the CG, you know? So because CG was like the hot thing. 
Um, yeah. I, I saw that, you know, and I started my own studio and I, uh, early on, I saw a need in the theme park world for what we were doing in the movie business. So that's kind of where I ventured into more than the movie business. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my friends, you know, they're still in the movie and TV business. I do a lot of theme park work now, occasional movie work, uh, still, but, um, mm-hmm. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Let's say, for example, Hall of Presidents. I would think the figures in there now, uh, I mean, they were sort of controlled by some early computers at one point or something like a computer. But I would think now it's all computerized. And the the thing I noticed over the years is the motions have become more fluid and more human-like. I mean, there's even interactions with the other figures aren't even talking, but they're right. looking at each other, acknowledging each other. It's really an amazing feat. So I would think computers have really been a big game changer for animatronics too. Sure. And while it's also electronics, I mean, um, I was part of the team that did the first, you know, developed uh, the electric head at um, Imagineering. Um, and, you know, went through several iterations of, of electronics, you know, they, that's just the direction that everybody wanted to go electronics because it's clean and it, it, you know, it's nice. Um, and, you know, building everything in the computer, um, now, and the reason, you know, so I, I, I kind of saw all that happening. Um, uh, but right now the thing that makes it nice and all the fluid movements you see are, you know, these, you know, really high tech. Uh, actuators and, you know, being able to use the computer to animate, um, you know, a lot of times uh, we're here when we get a figure to build, um, we get a, an animation, uh, a computer animation. So we we simply build based on, you know, we figure out where the uh, joints are. We all agree that we can, you know, build that in the real world. And, and that animation, if we follow that uh, and we build it, you know, the idea is like you hit the button and that animation that you see on the computer will happen on the actual figure. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, there's a lot of beautiful um, animatronic figures being built that way right now. Um, you know, computer, you know, I, I, not knocking the animators because there's some great animators who come in and tweak it and make it even better. Um, yeah. Uh, hand, at, you know, even like old school. Um, but uh yeah, there's there's some amazing like you know I just saw Zootopia the new Zootopia ride and and um, where is that at Hong Kong maybe um, but they had this this uh, um, this dancing um, uh, gazelle figure and it it really looks amazing I mean the movements like you know it's straight out of the movie it looks like a real life um, um, you know uh, uh, CG cartoon character wow so, yeah. Wow. Now, I know you worked on War of the Worlds, but you actually worked on not well. The aliens were CG probably most of the time. Yeah. So, but you actually worked on the the like human animals, like or animals that are native to Earth. Uh, yeah, we made some dead cows for that. Um, so, so that's yeah. what I wanted to ask you: is like, is it harder to make these uh, you know fantasy creatures? Or is it harder to make the creatures we all know, like cows or horses or whatever, because we all know them? <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult to do realistic um, dogs and cats um, because people are just so they understand what that looks like. 
Um, and especially if it has to talk, uh, that's even worse. Um, so those are difficult to do. A- animals with fur are difficult to do. Uh, if you're matching an animal actor, um, that's pretty difficult. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is like, I- I've seen it a bunch of times, like you, we have to sculpt the character first, right? And it's a, let's say it's a, a German shepherd. So you sculpt it and then you, you think you've taken off enough. Uh, you have the anatomy correct and you uh, are ready to put the fur on it. You put the fur on it and it looks twice as big as what it should be. Cause you can never, your mind can never uh, accept what it needs to be underneath um, in order for it to look correct. So you have to go back in you almost have to build those things twice. If you're lucky enough to have the time and the budget to do that, you can get some great results. Mm-hmm. I would say for the creatures, yeah, um, that is difficult as well, but in a different way. It's difficult to come up with something unique. Um, you know, a lot of people follow a certain, you know, there's sort of a, everything sort of looks the same, um, you know, so it's, and, you know, some things tend to look human. It's, it's you know, you want to get away from all that. You, it's it's also the people who do that well um, are pretty amazing. Um, it's it's you know they pull from nature, but at the same time they have to twist it enough to make it something really interesting and scary and different. You know, I would think Katie Galore in Dogs and Cats Two or Cats and Dogs Two was a real challenge to make her look as real as possible. She now she was um, CG. She was all oh CG. she was <laughs> yeah she was um she was um she was done by phil tippett's company oh um, yeah he's one yeah, of them, yeah which is a they did an awesome job in that movie so we we work with them um you know back and forth um we did uh we did tinkles mr tinkles was all um uh animatronic and and dave barkley was the animatronic supervisor on that and he's amazing he's one of the best um so we were lucky to work with him on that and um we did also did uh the peak character, which is the Chinese crested, that was all uh, animatronic uh, puppet um, as well. Uh, and we did several other ones in there. Um, mm. You know, all the little, all the little paws that are hitting buttons and things like that. that <laughs> built all those, and um, yeah, we actually built a, we built a, um, a the character paws, the one that has the um, teeth. Uh, the metal teeth that looks like jaws. Um, yes. Yeah. So we built that as a puppet and, and they loved the character so much. Um, I designed it and, and, and we built it and they loved it so much that they wanted to use it more in the character in the movie. And then it became, let's use, let's do all CG. So the, he got pulled completely out, unfortunately uh-huh. um, it became CG, but that's, you know, that's, that's the way it goes, you know? You say you usually get like an uh, like an animated version of a character, like especially if you're building him in in real time, you know, in, in as a three D figure that you can touch and work with for but, a theme park, yeah, or for a theme park. Is that how you usually get it, or do you get sketches sometimes? Um, so for so for movie work, like the like the cats and dogs things, we get ideas sketches or we come up with sketches and it's a lot of it's hand built like for theme parks theme park stuff has to run 24 hours uh, not 24 hours it has to run 16 hours a day 
uh, it has to run, you know, you know, we, I sign contracts where it has to uh, run for 20 years and be 95% reliable. So, yeah. you know, it's like building a car. Uh, it's much more intense. Um, you know, it requires engine, a lot of engineering. Um, and we have a full-time engineering staff here that works on that. Um, so it's, it's quite a different thing. So they want to have a little more control over what, um, you know, they're investing a lot of money in those those type of figures. So they want to have a lot of control over what it's going to do, what it looks like. They have pre-visual, they, they pre-visualize the, all the rides completely from top to bottom. Wow. So, you know, so they pull these characters out and they kind of already know what they want. So when we get that, yeah, so when we get that, we um, usually that's how it starts with those type of figures. So with the movie puppets and the movie, the heads, it's not, it's not so uh, controlled. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Process. Is there, was there one project that was probably the most challenging for you? Uh, they all feel challenging. Um, <laughs> I bet. There's some, some stuff we did for the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it was um, incredibly challenging. Um, so I, I would say that one, those two couple things, I really can't really talk about that, what we did, but yeah, um, yeah. The, they were, you know, animated, uh, let's call them animated props, and they were um, really difficult to pull off um, from a time perspective and budget as well. So, yeah. it, it, you know, it got there. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, shut down, you know, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, obviously it was, it was too expensive. <laughs> and uh, and if you had that kind of money, uh, more than likely you better have kids because they're the ones that are going to get the most out of it, you know. Right, right. So well, uh, I think yeah. it was a great experiment, you know. and It was. Because you really have to push the limits in entertainment. And so, and that's what they did. I mean, it was, it was, uh groundbreaking um and you know they will that's not lost you know those lessons are not lost on them they like really probably learned a lot from all of that um you know for future um for future uh, attractions yeah what works what doesn't work and And they believe me they can afford to you know make those kind of um you know those kind of experiments i mean it's important you know i if it was probably within like a middle-class family's budget to do it it'd still be going on i thought you know because right? right. i if they did something like that and you know maybe fine-tune it and cut some things out you really don't need and yeah. uh and then you can also like i i guess i don't know if the the falcon is separate from it it is separate from it but uh, yeah that's the land yeah yeah so that keeps going so yeah. i mean that that's not a problem but yeah. i mean we might see that structure in another form or whatever it might just be like a day thing where people can walk in and and just spend yeah. a day there rather than stay overnight you know like sure that. i hope i hope i hope you know we see more of that kind of thing for sure yeah yeah absolutely absolutely can you tell us anything about what you're working on now um i can't I, well i can say <laughs> we're working on a, a big new uh park um i can't say which one it is but we're working on we're working on about 15 different uh, animatronic figures, um, all interesting, all difficult, uh, to be honest. They're really difficult. Um, so some of them, you know, are, are 
some of the the most sophisticated figures that this particular um, company has ever commissioned. So I'm very proud that they asked us to uh, do that. Um, it shows that they trust us and that uh, we do good work. So it makes me makes me very happy. So it's like with all the advancements and stuff like that, the the expectations are also higher now, of course, because it's like, well, you have all this this these new toys you can use and. So, yes. Yeah, they they want it to be at a certain level that, you know, maybe in the past they go, hey, that's we're pushing the limits. That's as far as we can go. Well, I think they have, you know, I think what's happened is like they a lot of uh, companies were, I mean, Universal, for example, they were doing a lot of motion platform screen rides. Right. Yes. Um those are great, but you know, you get on one and then you get on the next one, you get on the next one, you get on the next one. And so, you know, they wanted to break it up. Um, and they came up with the pets, secret life of pets attraction, uh, in Hollywood. And that was, um, you know, one of their first dark rides that had all these little tiny animatronic figures. And people love that stuff. People love real, when you get into, you know, you have a screen, a big screen in your house these days and you have gaming and all this stuff. So when you go to the theme parks, it's great to have real things in front of you, even if it's just a, you know, you go in a small world. Um, and that's how old is that? That's, you know, uh, 60, 60 years old, I guess. And, yeah, easy. Um, and, you know, it's still interesting to look at, you know, like you go through it and you see something different every time. And it's very very simple moves and very simple, um, uh, you know, uh, mechanical stru- uh, mechanical figures. Same thing with the Tiki Room. It's still interesting to look at. So, in, in my opinion, anyway, I, I'd rather look at that than a screen. So, I love the Tiki Room. I still, yeah. I, my yes. wife had never been, and I took her for the first time the last time we were there, and she loved yeah. it. It's amazing. So, I, I think, you know, there's a there's a push for these theme parks. They're kind of tr- there's they're sort of like trying to outdo each other right now. And I think there's a push for more um, real reality based uh, figures and, and, and stories and things like that. So that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. So do you think there's a kind of like a meeting of robotics and animatronics a little bit? Oh, sure. Well, animatronics is really like, you know, we call it, you know, Disney came up with the word audio animatronic. Right. Um, yeah, I remember. It was based on a photo. It it, it was based on a, a the the figure moved based on like a sort of a phonographic kind of. They had they had a uh, reels that would. Yeah, make I, it I I remember seeing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's that's a robot, really. Honestly, I mean, I I I call it an animatronic, but you know, we build robots. You know, really. So for theme park. Yeah, yeah that, that's amazing. It really is amazing. Well, thanks for talking to me about this. Um, so you would you would recommend Freddy's? Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. I mean, okay, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess some of it takes place in the dark, which kind of helps with the. Oh yeah, well they are, they they uh, greenlit the second one, so. Wow! There you go. Yeah, that's the thing too. It's like um, it's like. If it's like seeing a haunted like attraction during the day, it's yeah. not that scary, you know. But right. but with without enough light, of course, your mind also fills in the gaps. So uh, absolutely, the dark, you know, like absence of light, like really brings out, uh, and you know, it, it brings out your imagination. 
Yeah, so, and your your imagination can create things that are you know far more scarier than what you see. So, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, great to talk to you. Thanks for being right. on the podcast, and uh, best yeah. of luck to you, and happy holidays. Yeah, same to you. Thank you so much. All right, all right. You can catch Five Nights at Freddy's at Peacock with Josh Hutcherson. Interesting film about kind of a Chuck E. Cheese gone wrong. And also check out Lee Romanier's website. It has some fascinating pictures on it as well. For Sci-Fi Talk, this is Tony Tolato. Thanks so much for listening.